friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the Unhealthy Podcast, the show where we look at health from a different point of view. We go beyond diet and fitness, and we look at eliminating or reducing all the things that we do that are unhealthy. And we do that not only in our weight loss, our spiritual life, but we do that in our mindset. And today we are going to talk about it in our relationships. And we are joined once again by Coach L. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing good. So we are here for week three of Calling in the yes. One. And the first two weeks were, well, kind of eye opening. <laughs> Just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it's a lot to go through something like this when you're either starting out or, in a lot of cases, starting over in trying to figure out what happened in the past that is going to make us look differently at what's going to happen in the future. And that's kind of what this whole process is about, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know... Uh this, uh, it's supposed to be a seven-week program, but a lot of times, depending on how um, the client uh, worked on themselves in the past, it can go to 10 to 12 sessions right. because we have to go deeper, especially this uh, week three is a little bit deeper than any other weeks <laughs> that we're going to talk about. But uh, this one is like going to the past and look at the wounds and um, I just wait for you to ask questions, and I'd be happy to talk about it. Well, it's funny that you say this is the one that gets deep because I thought the <laughs> last one was was deep. And let me refresh for people that may have caught the podcast on this one first. Uh, we talked in week one preparing for love and kind of looking at the patterns in life and identifying you know, what your feelings are and what you really want. And week two, completing your pass, and that was looking back at, as you say, the baggage, the the resentments and uh, identifying old agreements that maybe we didn't know we had. Did I describe the two of those correctly? Yes, yes, exactly. Because, you know, this journey is uh, opening up your unconscious to be conscious. So it's a journey. And um, depending of where you are and how you want to go through this journey, I have to go step by step. And I invite my clients to really, when they start, kind of have the intention um, of opening themselves up to, to first of all, to themselves. Right. <laughs> and then open up to other people and life. And so we're going to talk about it today. Okay. So we are now embarking on week three, titled Transforming Your Love Identity. So yes. let me first ask you, you mentioned that this is going to go deeper than week two. So <laughs> yes. describe how much, <laughs> how could it be deeper? <laughs> so in week three, we actually um, look at or talk about or go deeper in what your core beliefs are about yourself, about others, and about life. So it's a three separate things, but they're all kind of related to each other. 
And that's how, um, and it goes to that identity, your, uh, your identity that it's based on these beliefs that you kind of formed. Um, so that's so why it's, it goes through. <laughs> so it's a little bit of building up on what we did previously where we identified those old agreements, those old things that we've kind of held to, the toxic things that we held on to, but now peeling those back and finding out, okay, what is it that we really truly believe that we want or we expect relationships to be, right? It's actually um, understanding yourself. Okay. Uh, the truth of those faulty perceptions of yourself, others, and life. Hmm. Okay. I can give you an example. All right. <laughs> so you may have a understanding of yourself that um, you know I'm always I'm a, I'm always alone. Nobody wants me, and life is hard. Then we go deeper. These things comes up, and uh, then we kind of look at what has happened in the past that that made that you made that perception of who you are, and you identify it with that space of uh, I'm alone and what's your behavior that you have done this past, I don't know, 20, 30 years or 50 years that kind of shows you that yes, you're alone. Does that kind of manifest itself when people say, well, I guess I'm never going to get married or I, I guess I won't find anybody. And it's more of a resolution that, you know, the universe is against us. Yes, exactly. So, uh, or say they say, oh, men are all bad, or they don't, you know, or women are this and this. So it just, uh, it's that perception that whatever has happened in the past, that you made that a truth for yourself. Okay. And you base your life based on that. So let's say when somebody says, you know, I'm always alone and nobody wants me. So imagine um, yourself going to a church or any kind of interactive place and realizing that I had a client like that, that uh, she would never stay to the end of or interact with people after because that that self of, uh, you know, I'm alone or nobody wants me or nobody loves me, that was there. The energy it's in your body. The energy is there that nobody loves me because of that perception, that interaction that you had in the past. Um, I give you example of me. Um, so I realized my grandmother was my main kind of caregiver when I was a kid. And um, she left, moved to another country when I was six or seven. And this I realized, I mean, after working on myself, that the main person that I really, truly loved, I felt that she left me. So I would get into um, interactions or relationships that people will leave me because in my head, my energy was, I'm not lovable. Nobody will stay with me and life is hard. So that became my identity that I'm not lovable that nobody loves me. Hmm. 
so Mike, that's interesting that you would use the experience in childhood as a transference to the way that you would deal with adult relationships. Yes, because it's all about well, your childhood interactions. I had a client that he uh, his uh, uh, love identity was I am bad. Nobody wants me, and life is you know dangerous or hard. Um, so the first step to that would be to understand what has happened in the childhood, and um, his I guess story was um, he had a very hard childhood interaction, but it, his father was not uh, pleasant. So we talk about that, and there's an exercise that I do with my clients, and we look at the younger self and the adult self, and we actually talk to that younger self and, like, suit that younger self and bring her or him to today as a person that you are today, to, to that self of today. So one of the exercises that I gave him was to, uh, and the first step is actually the mission is to learn to love yourself first. So when you think that you're bad or you think that you're not lovable, are you loving yourself? If somebody loves themselves, they wouldn't say that I'm bad or that I'm uh, not love. I'm, nobody loves me. So it comes from that core of what's your relationship with yourself first. So uh, the exercise that I gave him was to said, you know, why don't we do, try this? Every morning that you get up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth or washing your face, look in the mirror and tell your, just say, I love you to yourself. See how, what comes up. He, for the first um, few weeks, he could never say that. He had a hard time. He would get emotional. He would, because it was, a, I'm bad. It was just, how can somebody that thinks that he's bad, that he said, I love you. But eventually, with our work together, it came to the place that he could look into the mirror and uh, just say, I'm glad that you're here. I am beginning to love you. So it's just a step by step. It just depends how, um, how has your childhood affected you to to that identity that you put together for yourself today? Right. So I'm thinking of, and I'm, I cannot say that this was my childhood, because, but I know okay. that there are people that will say to themselves now, "Well, I I know I'm difficult to get along with, or I know I'm a handful." And so the right person is out there for me, you know, but they, they push that out there as well. Yeah. I'm difficult or I'm picky or that sort of stuff. Is that in the same vein as a bad perception from childhood? So I will ask them, why do you think you're difficult? What has happened What's the interaction that you made that assumption that you're difficult? Let's look at that. Let's see where did that came from. And the people, I mean, I believe that we are here to love and be loved. And everybody has a partner somewhere that they can invite to their life. And it depends how open you are 
and how uh, available you are. And I mean, we work not we work with the clients not just understanding um, what has happened in the past, but kind of changing and transferring their identity to the who they are today. All right. So now. So, so now I just thought about the complete opposite where somebody says, well, I deserve better or I'm special. And I know that that is something that, you know, I'm not going to say millennials. I think it's just from the time that I grew up that there has been a change in the way that kids are being raised, that they are, they are special. And they deserve the best. So that seems to be something that, you know, regardless of their situation, regardless of whether they're good or bad, the fact that they believe that, you know, I deserve the best. That could be a hindrance, right? Um, you can deserve the best and you feel that you deserve the best. And it's just that interaction that you have with other people. Everything is life is about relationships. If I think that I'm the best um, and I'm interacting with uh, another person that think that I'm the best or they don't think I'm the best, that's okay. As long as I think that I'm the best and I interact with people very lovingly, I think that's fine. Okay. But if you have that, uh, if you have that, kind of, uh, I guess they call it an ego that is up here, then that interaction that you have with other people is not going to be loving. Okay. Interesting. It's all about the ego always, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So, so as we go into trying to figure out how to transform this identity, um, you know, you talked about, um, on the website, I see that, you know, you have to identify, you know, false beliefs, which kind of is something we did back in week two. So how do we go beyond that? What's the next step after that? Yeah. So there is, there is an exercise that let's say, you know, I am not, I feel that I'm not lovable. Um, so we, I mean, I work usually in this step, we go deep. So we do this, pro, this kind of exercise um, that I invite my client to close their eyes and really go deep inside and see where that I'm not lovable come from. And I mean, they already know because we already talked about it, but how old is that part of you? Is it five, six, two, I don't know, 10, 10 years old? So we kind of interact with that 10 year old and we kind of hold him or her in our heart in a way that is love, that is love is there. And then when we talk about that or we, that exercise, then we look at the, the adult self of today. And I usually ask my clients, so what do you think that adult of today can say to that younger self of seven year old or six year old? And I invite them to kind of come from that knowing of who they are today, talk to that younger self. And it, it, when, it, when we do that, miracles happen because then they understand today I'm, I don't know, 40 or 50 or 30 years old. And 
I have many qualities and I can hold their younger self in my arms, hold her hand or his hand and kind of bring her to today, step by step. So that's, that's, the, that's the exercise that we do. And it, it works all the time. <laughs> and sometimes it happens that when they're out there in the world doing everyday thing, some incident happens and the younger self kind of gets that, uh, goes to that space of trauma of the past. And this exercise, they can, you know, the book has the exercise in there. So, and I do it with my clients and they come to this space that they can do it on their own when they're, I don't know, sometimes driving home or in a, uh, in a, in some place that they can go and be quiet for five minutes and talk to their younger self and bring the, themselves back to today. And sometimes it takes five minutes, 20 minutes, or two seconds. Because as you practice it and you understand that you're not that seven years old anymore, and you're today this beautiful young lady that is accomplished, that has uh, has a work experience. I mean, there's all the stuff that they do today that comes in their mind and that identity uh, of that seven year old that was wounded and traumatized changes to today's today identity of that person. I hope I explained it. <laughs> no, you did. And, and you were using your seven year old self as, you know, a way to overlay that. But what if somebody is, you know, at an older age, say in the 50s or 60s, and they're trying to do this. But instead of seeing themselves at, say, seven years or 17, what if they're stuck on something that is, you know, maybe from the 30s? Uh, can you approach it in the same way? Because I don't see, like, if, if, if I were doing it, I don't see myself holding my 30-year-old version saying, okay, it's, it's all going to be good now. <laughs> so is there a different approach when you're stuck on an incident that is, you know, much closer than childhood? Yes. So, I mean, then it comes down to uh, releasing you, yourself and others and opening up in new ways. So you still can hold that 30-year-old in your heart and hold his hand and bring him to today that you're 40. And look at the accomplishments that you have done in these 10 years. And step by step, especially after, you know, I had clients that after two weeks of, in, uh, of interaction, of going through, after two weeks, I look at them. They come on my, my Zoom and their face is totally different. I mean, they're smiling more. They're uh, step by step of this program. It just helps you open up to who you really are today. So it doesn't matter if it's 10 years ago or like 40 years ago, you bring yourself to today. And uh, I help them look at themselves in a way that is positive because it's not easy to call me and say, you know what, I want to do calling the one or conscious uncoupling with you. That's the first step. And every time that I talk to my clients and they are ready to do it, 
I congratulate them because the first step of just, you know, saying that I want to do work with you on this program, it's, it's huge. Hmm. Now, let me take a minute here just to remind everybody, we, we started off the show and just got right into it. Um, you actually have a website, Heart to Heart Coaching, where you offer uh, the chance for people to, to do this one-on-one, uh, creating you know healthy relationships. And I just want to make sure that I remember this time to uh, point that website and uh, talk about the services. Now, this is not something that you, you know, trained for, went to school for, got your degree in. This is something you did a little bit later. So I know that you mentioned that you had this little memory at seven years old that kind of helped frame your situation. When was it that you realized that and started to, I guess, you know, do the release for yourself? Um, granted, I went to therapy for many years, but this program, and I went through uh, calling the one unconscious uncoupling to be, uh, when I first took a class for two, like a two day class that uh, Catherine Woodward Thomas offered, my coach. And I looked at it, I said, Oh my God. It just is so amazing. It's, you know, this looks at today and who I am today and identify myself with today. And of course, we all have the, have a past, but then it's okay to go beyond that past and kind of invite the today identity of myself to myself. So. Uh, this is like five, six years ago. Okay. And I did, I actually went through the program with Catherine and I got my calling the one and conscious on cup. I'm certified on the, on the two to coach people. All right. And calling in the one based on the book by, uh, Catherine Woodward that you mentioned, I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, it's described as a sacred 49-day journey. But as you mentioned earlier, it could be longer. So. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it depends who is, yeah. It just depends uh, who have worked on themselves in the past and come in and we go deeper. Or sometimes uh, we need to go deeper for 10 sessions instead of <laughs> seven. Right. All right. So back to what else would happen in week three. We We talked about... You know, naming the false love identity beliefs and uh, realizing, you know, your own self. Uh, but you talked about, you know, releasing. Um, is that something that is able to be done just in this one week session? Or is this kind of one where it might take two to go through that? Yeah, it just depends. Uh, the releasing ceremony can be. Um, done in two sessions. That's why, uh, I mean, I help my clients when we're meeting one-to-one and they can do it at home. Uh, the book has the, the the setup of how to do it. Uh, usually it's easier to do it first with me and then they can do it at home with releasing some other stuff that they want to release. All right. So the releasing ceremony, I, I, 
I can't imagine that that's really a ceremony because it's really just you and them. <laughs> but I mean, so what type of event is that when it happens? It's basically um, uh, closing your eyes. Imagine yourself in that situation that uh, whatever you want to release, this that interaction that you had. Um, it can be with your uh, you know, ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that you think that that has uh, kind of stayed with you and you want to release that to get to open yourself up to, you know, to be open to bring another person to your life. So that release can be that the conversation that you never had with that person. Ah, okay. So we can write, I invite them to write down whatever they want to say to that person. And some people like to write it down. Some people like to just verbalize it. Um, so both can be done. It doesn't mean that you have to call the person and tell them this stuff. No, this is just release ceremony for yourself. So you release those negative thoughts, negative, you know, you did this, you did that, you know, uh, it made me feel this way, you know, all that stuff that you never kind of verbalized or never wrote it down. Uh, that's what the ceremony is all about. Could that be something where you mentioned writing it down, where you can, you write out all the things that you believe are, you know, keeping you stuck in a moment or something. And a lot of people will either burn the piece of paper or, you know, rip it up and toss it out the window or something. Is that kind of what, what that ceremony would be? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you can rip it out, put in the shredder, burn it and just uh, be done with it. Uh, you may have to do it twice or three times, you know, when as many times as you think that you need to do that. And some, uh, a lot of times it's, it's easier to be in the session and do it with me because I open, this is how I work with my clients. As before I even start the conversation, before they're on Zoom, I meditate. I open my, open a container for me to hold on to my clients, hold their hands, be of a, be of service to this 60 minute, 90 minutes that I'm with them. And uh, it's very energetic and it always works because at the end of each interaction, each session, I ask my clients, so what did, how do you feel now? What did you get from this? And we talk about it. And many times they say, uh, I felt that I'm held. Uh, I felt, you know, that you're totally listening to me. You're hearing me. And that's my intention to be of service and to be really there for, for my clients to be, so they feel heard and seen. So that's part of the exercise to be heard and seen. Okay. So I just had another question pop into my head. <laughs> sure. Is, is this a program that couples can do together, even if they are, you know, 20 years married and maybe they just want to you know, reinforce it, build it up, or if they do think that, hey, things are starting to take a turn, how do we fix it? Is this, is this something that can be done together or does it need to be done individually? Yes. So we recommend 
that um, to do these sessions separately. So usually I will uh, um, recommend another colleague of mine and we both do the program each with the individuals separately. And they can, I mean, in the, sorry, in the book it has, in a, so you can actually, it's under conscious uncovering. Uh, so you can, they can talk about it afterwards because they go through the same exercises. They come back, they talk to me or to the other coach. And they, when they're sitting down, they can talk about it and talk about their experience, talk about the emotions that came up. That opens up a new way of communicating deeper. So that that sounds okay because I was thinking <laughs> that the the release ceremony would be the two coming back together if they were to go through it separately, which sounds like that's what you – but they do the release ceremony together. That seems like that would be a pretty cool thing, but maybe not. Mm, I have not done it together, but, you know, as always, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, week three, transforming your love identity. I know we jumped around a bit. Did we, did we hit all the key points that would happen during week three? Uh, so one thing that I wanted to share also, it's to, I help clients to understand that that story of that seven-year-old has been owning you for, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years sometimes. We kind of look at it in a way that now uh, you own your story, not that incident that happened when you were six or seven or 10. So this will kind of open, becomes more, people become more conscious and say, okay, you know what? That was then and this is now. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that really opens up the, to be more conscious about their behavior, where they are. Uh, who they are today versus the past. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now you mentioned the, uh, the conscious uncoupling. Now that's a separate program that could be done. Uh, also a part of your program. Uh, so I want to make sure I mention again, heart to heart coaching.org. I'll have a link in the show notes. So it's really hard to dig deep into a podcast here, you know, without asking, you know, super deep personal questions, which you haven't asked me. So I've been able to get away with it, (laughs) but, (laughs) but for people that are, are looking at, you know, exploring the feelings and transforming uh, their relationships to make them, you know, happy and healthy, I I would recommend heading over to heart to heart coaching.org and giving coach L a, a discovery session. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. The other part of it that I guess we need to talk a little bit is self-care. So part of loving yourself is self-care. I had a client that haven't bought anything for herself for many years. And uh, throughout our session, uh, part of her self-care was that she would go buy some new clothes, some new makeup. And the se- the other session that we she came on, it was like fully made up new <laughs> new clothes. So it just uh, sometimes that's very important. Or cooking for yourself, or going for a walk, or whatever that you like to do, and you haven't done, 
uh, as self-care, a part of loving yourself. So that would be kind of after the release ceremony or before where you would, you know, kind of learn to relate to yourself in a different way? Before. Before? Okay. All right. I mean, self-care can be anytime, but yes, usually we go through it before. All right. What do you recommend for men? Because we don't, we don't like to do that shopping thing where we just go buy stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> You can play golf. You can, uh, I don't know, watch uh, uh, sports on TV or go to a game or, you know, whatever makes you happy. That's a self-care for you. All right. As long as I can do it without judgment. Then <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> yeah, that's your time. That's my time. With your, with your time with your friends, with yourself, you know, however you like to spend it. All right. Well, Coach L, we've just finished chatting about week three, transforming your love identity. Uh, folks, we're going to be back with week four entitled Setting Your Course. So we'll dig into that. But in the meantime, you can head over to hearttoheartcoaching.org and check out the previous weeks if you've missed them. Uh, go back to unhealthypodcast.com and listen to the previous episodes. And then book a time here to come back and catch us in your favorite podcatcher for week four. All right, Coach. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll chat again soon. Yes, thank you so much, uh, Marv. I'm really happy that we're doing these episodes together. I am too. I appreciate it. I am too. I think the wife is happy too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you for... You have to tell us about your wife next time a little bit and why she's happy. (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's that's a sign to end the episode here. (laughs) All right. I'll check with her and see what I'll I'll check with her and see what I'm allowed to talk about. And uh, we'll do that. So. All right. Sounds good. All right, folks. I know you'll be looking forward to that, but join us again when we come back on the unhealthy podcast and Remember, folks, we are talking about health in a different way, not just about health, food, fitness, all of that stuff, but we're talking about being healthy in all areas of your life, fixing what's unhealthy and making them healthy. So we'll be back soon. On behalf of Coach L, thank you for listening. And remember to live healthy and be happy.